If I haven't met you before, my name is Kiran. I am an assistant pastor um, here at Coast. Um, and we're partway through this series that we've been going through. Um, it's called Being Better Friends. And we've been looking at relationships of any kind, your friendships, your family, your um, partner, all, all of our relationships that we have in our life. How do we do those in a way where we can thrive, where we can actually have successful interactions there and that they can add to our lives? So this is where we're at at the moment. Um, last week, Matt spoke about how our words matter. The things that we say have an impact. Um, and this week, we're going to take a closer look at what it means to be in community. And community, by that I mean what it means when we share our lives together, when we come together with a group of people like this and uh, try and figure that out. You know, sometimes it'd be easier. It kind of feels like we'd want this quick and easy version of community, right? Like it's kind of the microwave meal version of it. It would be quick, cheap, convenient, easy, not too demanding. You know, you just get it, chuck it in the microwave, it's ready to go. Um, you know, that might be just occasionally saying hello or knowing someone, what job someone does. Um, but ultimately, that doesn't nourish us. And surprise, surprise, microwave meals aren't that good for you. <laughs> it kind of stacks up. Today, what I want to talk about is real community. What it means to, to go to the deeper level where it's actually the real thing. It's, it's kind of like a slow-cooked meal versus a, a microwave meal. It's more time-consuming. It's, sometimes it's hard work. It can be messy. But ultimately, it gives us life. It sustains us. It means we can continue doing that. Um, so my prayer going into this morning, um, do we have those slides there? Um, my prayer going into this this morning is that we would be people who pursue the real thing, that we would, be, that we would hunger for real community, um, and that's something that we'd see here. Community is kind of a buzzword. It's, it's thrown around a lot. It's like, what does it actually mean? Well, it, it has its roots in, in this word kind of meaning like the, the commonplace, the things that are shared. The, it's, it's a shared life, uh, fellowship with one another. Um, and so that's kind of where we're going to anchor into this meaning today, the community being the ways in which we can share our lives together. And here's the thing where I want to start, that we were actually made for this. We were made to share our lives. Um, an author, his name's Paul Tripp, he sums it up well. He, he said, we weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and loving dependency on God, and in a loving and humble interdependency with others. Our lives were designed to be community projects. It's good, eh? Here's the thing, it doesn't just happen, though. It, it comes down to how we choose to live. We have a part to play in this. Jesus gave this instruction to his disciples. Um, this is from John 13, 34 to 35. He said, I, a new command I give you. Can you read that? It's pretty hard, eh? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So if we want to follow Jesus, this is what our community would look like. It would be the, the love that we have that's demonstrated, that's visible. It would be so compelling that people would be able to recognize it from a distance and be able to say, I want in on that. You know, after Jesus' time here on earth, um, the first believers or followers of him, they had to figure out, you know, what, how are we going to do life together? How are we going to navigate this thing? Um, and that, that kind of period, that group of people, they were called the early church. 
Um, and so they had to figure this out, and they didn't really have a model to go on. And what we read in the book of Acts um, has become kind of like this reference point of what real community looks like, what a response to Jesus looks like. Um, because they were committed to doing their whole lives together. Um, I don't have a slide for this, but let me read this to you from Acts 2, 42 to 47. It's a picture of the early church community. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's a, that's a pretty big picture, right? I don't know if, uh, how you feel when you hear that, but I'm like, whoa, I don't even know if I want that. <laughs> it sounds so full on. But that is the picture of genuine community we see. In our culture, in our current moment that we're in right now, you know, Stanwell Bay, 11.30ish uh, on a Sunday morning, our community, it's going to look different to that picture that they had there. Um, so some of you can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> but, but we have the same challenge that the early church was um, trying to navigate. How do we do this in a faithful way that we can represent God's love for us, that we can represent Jesus' love in our midst, collectively? That's our challenge. So that's what we're going to look into today. And, and you know, if you've been part of the adventure here at Coast, it's been so cool. There's been... Uh, five years and a bit of, of people coming to, to know God, to be part of this community, and we've grown, and we continue to grow. And I, I think we're, we've got over 400 people now who call Coast Vineyard home, um, which is awesome. Um, we celebrate every, each and every one of them. Um, but it comes with new challenges. How do we build relationships that last in the midst of all these new people? Um, how do we actually get to know people when there's... Um, there's so much going on, and we could get lost in a crowd. We don't want anyone to, to drop off here. We don't want to lose that heart of community. Um, so that's what we're going to look at today. Sound okay? All right, cool. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your presence here with us today. And thank you that you've called us to be a people together, um, to be faithful to, to who you are, to demonstrate your love. And God, we... We need your guidance on how to do this. Would you teach us this morning, God? Would you nudge us in a direction that we get to love each other in a way that's so compelling to people around us that they, they just want to know you more, God? Um, Lord, would you be with me as I speak? Help me to speak truth um, and for what needs to be heard um, to be heard this morning. Amen. Amen. All right, so real community. That's what we're going to look at, real community. And so real community starts with intentionally sharing our lives, intentionally sharing our lives. And what this means is that we're deliberate with the choices that we make um, to have spaces to interact and overlap with other people. We, um, we see a picture of this in the Bible time and time again in Jesus' life when he ate meals with people around a table. It's a very ordinary thing. Um, but did you know that meals were actually a big deal to Jesus? 
they're a big deal to me. <laughs> so we have that in common. Um, so much of Jesus' ministry was done around a dinner table, done around a meal. Um, he ate all the time with his disciples. Um, and on the night before he was executed, he, he chose to have this meal where th that conversation was so crucial, so pivotal, that it shaped how we understand who Jesus is, even today, at the Last Supper. And he chose to have that conversation at a dinner table. I don't think that's a coincidence. He ate with the Pharisees, who were like the religious um, high and mighty, and they were the ones actually out to prove that Jesus was a fraud. But he went to their homes and he ate with them. He ate with tax collectors, and these were like the public enemies. They were people you didn't want to associate with. Um, and their friends weren't great either. <laughs> they, the Bible says they were considered sinners you know, by everyone. Um, but Jesus went to their homes and he ate with them. Um, it's easy to overlook, but it, it kind of pushed on a, on a nerve for the people who were supposed to be doing the right thing. They, they looked at him and said, why are you eating with these people? Why are you going to their houses? Shouldn't you be doing the right thing, keeping yourself pure? Because their whole mindset, their whole view was around, I want to separate myself from everything that's um, unclean. I want to separate my life from them. I want to live in a private way that I can just control. But I think Jesus was trying to demonstrate to them that it's actually much more powerful when we share our life with people. When we open our, our, open our lives, we actually get to experience more life. It's more abundant. Um, I like this. Some, some biblical scholars say that Jesus ate his way through the Gospels. <laughs> and I like that phrase. Uh, eating a meal together, it's just one of many examples of, of sharing your life with someone else. Um, Yeah, there's, there's lots of different ways. And, and here's the truth, that community, it doesn't just happen automatically. It, it requires intent. It requires uh, being deliberate about the choices you make. And so we're going to look at a couple now, but I, I wanted to make sure that that was clear, that we each have a part to play in building community. It's exciting. So what are some of the ways that we can step into this, into sharing our lives with other people? Well, you can start with having a meal with people. That's a great place to start. Um, invite people around to, to your place for dinner or go around to someone's house for dinner. Um, we started this life group uh, for some of the young adults this term. On a Sunday night, we'd get together, we'd take turns, different people would cook a meal, different people would bring something to share that would just encourage the group. Um, and it was just it was a really special thing. It, it's going to continue. But... Um, is just having a place where we could share our stories and share our life. And we can do that every day. Um, another good place to start, maybe, maybe you don't have a place where you can host people that easy, or maybe you're rubbish at cooking, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not an easy thing to do. There's so many other ways we can do this. And the best place to start is with the things that you already love to do, the things that are already in the rhythm of your life. Um, one of our young adults, I know, he's set up a, a gym at his home um, in his garage. <laughs> yeah, his parents' garage. His parents are laughing over here. <laughs> um, um, but he had a full set of gym equipment, but what he's done, he's got another set so that people can come. He can invite friends over and invite people to come around and work out together and build community there. What a great idea. It's what he already loves, and people can go along. Um, other people... Go along to a real gym. <laughs> they might take us to someone along to a fitness class. 
People like walking on the beach. They'll take someone along with them or start up a group where they do that regularly and pray. Um, one example that I loved was um, a guy from church who was dead keen on the FIFA World Cup. And I remember seeing his Facebook posts about a, a 5 a.m. game, which was, I don't even know who was playing, but he just was posting like, this is going to be amazing. It was like sports commentary. He's like, this team plays this team. Who will win? Well, it's a battle to the death. And, um, but you could see his passion for it. But he was inviting people in to share that with him, saying, come around, let's watch the game at 5 a.m. We can do breakfast afterwards. I didn't go. <laughs> um, but I'm sure someone did. Um, other people, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Clive went. Um, other people love coffee, so they'll go to a cafe and do that and invite people along. But all of this, it's intentional steps to share our lives with other people. So use your current rhythms, use your current passions, and you might even enjoy it. <laughs> you know, we can build community face-to-face -face like this, but we can also build it shoulder-to-shoulder. -shoulder. All right. Here's the thing that I want to just wrap that bit on, is that building real community takes time. It's the slow-cooked meal. It's not the microwave meal. Uh, it takes deliberate steps. And, you know, sometimes what we hear is that in moments when life gets hard, that's, that's when people really crave community around them um, because that's partly what it's there for. But it, it's not just something that you can easily just turn on. It's actually in the times when um, things are going pretty well or you're in the everyday rhythm of life that you can build that community um, and have those networks to call on. Um, there's a good picture for that of kind of building the city walls during a time of peace. It's like, by the time you're under attack or something, it's too late to try and, to try and do that. But in the times of peace, when you're uh, kind of in a place of relative stability, it's a great time to start building that community there. Okay, so community means intentionally sharing our lives. Real community also means, and this might come as a shock, being real. <laughs> and have you ever stopped to consider what it actually means to know someone? Like what it means for someone to know another person. Right? It's very different to knowing about someone, right? We can know all the facts or all the details about someone's life. Um, like, I, I know who Bowden Barrett is. I know that he's very fast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if he's playing today, but I hope he does well. Um, but I, I don't know him, and he doesn't know me, because we haven't shared our lives together. We haven't participated in that together. It's different to knowing each other. It's, you know, knowing someone means getting beyond the things that are just at the surface and getting to see the real them. All of us, we have this deep desire to be known, to be truly known. Um, for the parts of us that sometimes are easy to hide away, we all want to be seen and known and accepted. And that's a completely natural part of what it means to be human. Being known and understood, it kind of affirms that we belong. It, it shows that we're accepted and empowered. Um, and the flip side of that, though, is if we don't feel known, if we feel like no one really gets to see that part of us, it can be a really dark and isolated place to be. It can be really hard. Um, earlier this year, there was a a famous DJ, he went by the stage name of Avicii, and he died by suicide. 
and he's one of many, unfortunately, celebrities who have attained this like peak of success, but they've found this gaping hole in this thing of being known, of being seen and being truly known, not for their accolades, not for what they've done, but for who they are. And nothing can replace that. Real community means that we're seen, we're known, and we're loved. And for us who follow Jesus, he's the source of this. You know, because Jesus sees who we are. He sees everything, all of the, the muck and the things that we try to hide from other people. He's, he's, he knows it all. And he chose to love us anyway. He chooses to love us anyway. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, he died for us. And God made us. He knows every hair on our head. You know, the main thing that Jesus, well, one of the main groups of people that Jesus got angry with and got frustrated with was people he called hypocrites, right? Hypocrites. Who here is a hypocrite? <laughs> no one's going to put their hand. Oh, one hand. <laughs> I was just seeing if you're awake. Um, hypocrites. And these were people who their, their public life, the way that they presented themselves, wasn't consistent with their inner life or their private life. Most of the time he is talking about the religious uh, kind of uh, high and mighty people that w would hold these high expectations for people that they themselves wouldn't keep. Um, and it just loaded people up. They, they were mostly concerned with public perception. And Jesus got pretty mad with them. He said, he said woe to you, you brood of vipers. <laughs> That's, I think that was at a dinner too. <laughs> That's a pretty rough dinner. Um, I think the reason that he got so mad about it was because what they were doing was preventing real community. It was encouraging people to put up their walls, to fake in the public arena. And that's the exact opposite of real community. The, the origin of the word hypocrite, it comes from this Greek word meaning like an actor or a stage player. It's like behind those big theatrical masks. And uh, I, I don't think really uh, we have a, the main issue is us pretending to be perfect, but I think it's easy for us to hide behind the everything's okay mask. You know, that's, that's a tempting one for us. It's just like, I'm not really affected by the things that are going on in my life. That's all good, you know, I'm just cruising. That's a very Kiwi thing. But pretending of any kind is exhausting. <laughs> it's a waste of energy, and it stops us from being fully known. <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes, being perfect is exhausting, and then I scribbled it out in case anyone saw that as like a note to self. <laughs> um, because, anyway. <laughs> Just being real. <laughs> did, you, did you know that uh, being known... The only way for people to see the real you, the only way is if you let them. That's the only way. No one else can do this for you. Um, and no one else carries that responsibility. And this can be scary for us because it means we're put in a vulnerable position. We're put in a place where the raw ingredients of our life are visible. And that's hard. C.S. Lewis wrote this, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. <laughs> and that's true. As soon as we enter into this thing of love, we're making ourselves vulnerable. But that's real community. It's scary because we know we could be rejected. People might see our weaknesses. But it's worth the risk. 
Because it's actually far worse to hide ourselves away from others. It's actually far worse to harden your heart and lock it away. It's far worse than experiencing real community. Okay, so where do you start? Well, start with someone that you trust. Start small. Um, and I wrote in caps on my notes, don't do this with everyone. Don't, don't go around and try and be <laughs> completely vulnerable with everyone because it's not, it doesn't work. It, it will actually make it harder for you. But can I say that this whole thing is just taking a small step into the line, beyond the line of vulnerability where you've lived before. So if you've got a, if you've got a group of friends that you talk to about the stuff in your life, um, maybe you, it's easier to talk about past hurts or struggles, but it's harder to talk about the things that are happening right now. Well, can I encourage you, maybe take that step and talk about what you're experiencing at the moment. Talk about your current joys. Talk about the things that you're looking forward to. Don't hide those away either. For some of us, it means choosing to lay down, uh, you know, being the joker. You know, um, people can use humor sometimes to keep people at a distance. That next step might mean lay down the jokes and be real. Or it might mean actually talking up when usually you just keep quiet about something. You'll know what your next step of, of being vulnerable and being real with people is. Um, we, you heard earlier about this um, mental health panel coming up next week. And, you know, in New Zealand, we have this society-wide issue with mental health. And um, uh, mental illnesses like depression, anxiety, and addiction, and, and many more are widespread. Um, and one of the hardest things about it is that it feels like it's something that can't be talked about. It feels like there's shame or embarrassment for experiencing this thing, which actually turns out is quite common. And this has been said many times before, but it bears repeating, that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk about the real things that we're experiencing. And I, and I want to say here as well that it's okay to hold a Christian faith, to be pursuing God and still be wrestling with mental illness. That, that doesn't make you less of a Christian. Um, it just means you have a health challenge to strategize around. So can I encourage you, next, next Sunday night, come along to this um, panel of uh, expert practitioners. Um, they're going to give some great tools around stuff that helps us with uh, what's going on for ourselves, but also helps us relate to people who are going through things. Come along. Okay, so <laughs> if you don't know who to start with this, if you don't have someone you could talk to, then there's some easy ways to get started. Um, and life groups are one of them. Um, we have these groups at Coast, um, and we talk about them quite a bit, but because we see them as so vital to making friendships, to, to having people to share your life with. Um, and we love to have lots of different types of groups, so it's easy to be a part of and, and fast-track that connection. Um, I could tell you a lot about it, but um, I've actually asked a few of our um, small group leaders to come up and um, just let you know how they've seen community form in their group. So I'd like to invite up Lee and Andrew Austin and Michael Brown. All right, so come on, give them a, give them a round of applause. Hey, um, sorry, I've lost that handheld mic. Um, is that up there or is that? Oh, down here, sweet. Uh, I used it in the first service. We could do the cheek mic, but that might be more community than you're bargaining for. Um, <laughs> now nah, we, we've got this. Um, so I just uh, teed up with these guys before. I just wanted to hear, how have you seen real community form in the course of your group? 
Um, and I mean this in the politest way, we're going to be struggling for time, so keep it brief. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a very long time ago. Is that on? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's should be good. Um, so we've seen community uh, happen in our group probably just by um, a lot about what you talk about, about being real. Yeah, cool. And we have found that being in a life group, we've actually managed to become friends. Mm. And when you become friends, people actually don't find it so hard to become real because the trust is already established. Mm. And so we are able to talk, um, we are able to share, and, um, you know, and we actually do a lot of laughing. Um, we spend a lot of time um, pulling apart the Bible, not literally, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and we all have different ideas on how to apply it to our life, and it's all good, and we're in a safe environment to actually discuss how we interpret and how we live our lives in the light of what Scripture tells us to do. But I think the key thing of building community for us that I have seen is that we pray together. Mm. And through a long period of time now, we have seen how God works out his amazing ways through each other's lives in very real circumstances, the loss of jobs, the difficulty in bringing up young children, behavioral issues, um, needing um, healings and stuff. So we have seen that over the long term. It's not instant, but you see God do it through a progress. And that in mm. itself is actually much more exciting to me because you see that God's invested in one another throughout the long haul. That's so good. That's exciting. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, you can stay here though. Um, st stay, stay in our community of friends. Share life with us. <laughs> All right, Michael, um, could you tell us about how you've seen community in your life? Uh, so we, we launched a new home group, uh, a life group this year, and um, it's for families and being busy people, you know, the we needed something that would work for us and for other people. So we just really this year got together with other families or people that wanted to and had a meal, um, an easy meal on a Friday night. Mm. And kids come along as well and they hang out and play. And then it, it's really low key, just hanging out together, that time over a meal. And we normally watch um, a short video study and the, and the kids you know, run through and whatnot. But, it, mm -hmm. but it's great. What we've seen uh, this year is in those conversations as we've got to know each other, uh, and sorry, like Lee said, the, probably the key thing is that every week we just have an opportunity just to pray, and sometimes there's not much. But over the course of the year, um, probably about halfway through the year, we found that actually um, a lady said actually it was the first time that she had asked the group, in fact, for anyone to actually, in a, in a group setting, to be able to pray for her mm -hmm. before. And for her, that was a really big step because she felt comfortable in that space. And the even better thing was that the following week she came back and said, actually, um, God answered that prayer. That's so good. That doesn't always happen, but for her to see that and for us as a group to see that. And they're just life situations. For her, it was to do with, with the job. Uh, and, and this week, um, over, over the conversation, one of the um, families that have been coming along, they've been, uh, I call them, uh, they weren't born in New Zealand. They've lived in New Zealand for about 10 years or so. And the conversation got to a point that they said, actually, there's just real, it's, they're finding it difficult. It's, it's hard. And for them, for us to be able to pray together, about the challenges and just the, the whole thing about, and if you've moved or lived in a different country, to miss family and friends and to be going through challenges in your situation here. It doesn't, you know, to be able to then, because we had spent time together over meals over the course of the year, just to be able to, for our families, just to be able to open up and to be able to share and say, actually, you know, beyond just Sunday, um, actually this is going on in my life and I'm finding this hard at the mm. moment. And then to be able to pray together, mm. you know, it's been great. So cool. 
Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't that great? Uh, doesn't that make you uh, want to be part of that? And uh, you would have heard that the, the bar for, for being part of it, for, for joining in, was pretty low. To come along for dinner, you know, come and be part of this group. But over time, it, you know, the whole, the whole community of support could form and in quite a natural way. Uh, so can I encourage you, we're, we're two weeks away from restarting our life groups for, so that'll be for term four. And when they come out, get amongst it. They're so worthwhile. Go and check them out. We've got lots of different ones on offer, but um, head along. Um, yeah, they're good. All right, real community, um, and we're going to wrap up soon. Um, but I wanted to throw this in there. Real community means helping and being helped. And there's two sides of this, right? And both of them are part of what it means to be in real community. Depending on your wiring and your experience, one of those might be easier than the other, right? Um, but we need both. We need both rhythms to have real community. Um, like I read before about the early church, they, they shared what they had in common, and they sold things to be able to help people in need. And it's because they'd caught the vision of what this is. It's like, I, I care more about the, the bigger picture of what's going on here, about, about demonstrating love to people in my community. I care more about that than my individual wealth <laughs> or, or holding on to the things that I've been given. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote, wrote in Galatians 6 too, he said, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Um, so this, this thing, helping and being helped, it's not just a tack-on extra nice part to community. It's part and parcel of what it means to, to be amongst it. And God designed this network of support for us to live in. And, and you would have heard, even in those stories, that it wasn't just meeting together and a conversation that stayed there. There was ongoing prayer. There was choosing to step in to situations where there was need. I just love hearing those stories. So there's, there's the two sides, right? We have to actively look for people to support, um, be on the lookout, and we have to ask for help when we need it. And that requires humility. Um, it's not easy to do, but let me say this. This is what your community is here for. Don't rob people of the opportunity to support you through life's tough stuff, because this, this the, is what God intended for us, that we could be able to support one another. We could carry each other's burdens. So what are some of the ways that we can make this happen? Well, one of them that I want to point you to is this Facebook group that we've um, made. It's called the Coast Vineyard Community. Um, that's what it's called on Facebook. And what that's for is for people who call Coast Home to be able to um, share life together and um, interact there and, and help and be helped. Um, so some of the recent activity, I just went through it, it was like someone borrowed a lunch bowl and a Gilmore's card. <laughs> someone borrowed a baby's bath. Someone got a lift to church. Someone gifted desk lamps to another person. Someone gifted a foosball table to someone else. Someone got help with getting someone to a medical appointment. Someone collected some food items for a local person in need. Um, a solo mum got help with some gardening work that needed doing. It's just awesome stuff. Um, and social media gets ragged on a lot because of what <laughs> the effect it has, but it can also be used for good. And this is one of the ways that we can do it. So if you want to be part of that, go to our Facebook page, Coast Vineyard Church NZ, 
Go down to the left to groups and you'll find this page, or this group, Coast Vineyard Community. One of the things you'll see from time to time if you're on that page are these things called meal trains. And a meal train, it's, it's a really simple concept. Basically seeing a person or a family in need or going through a time where it's, there's extra demand on them. And we demonstrate love to them just by simply making meals for them for, for a time, for a week or two. It's super practical and people sign up to make one meal throughout the week. And the thing is, there's no allocated team for this. Like, we are the team. So um, there's actually one live at the moment. If you go onto that page, it'll be the top post you see. Um, and there's uh, a family, Chris and Leanne Robinson. Um, Leanne's sister um, unexpectedly and suddenly passed away uh, last week back in South Africa. Um, and that's, uh, there's more to the story, but uh, we just want to be able to support them as much as we can. And this is one way we can. So if that's something that you can do, you can make a meal, take it around to them, then sign up. <laughs> Get button. There's just three more spots, and then it's, it's full there. So um, that's just one that's live at the moment, but there's, there's lots going on. So if you sign up to this page, you'll be able to see what's going on. We can pray for each other. <laughs> that's another way that we can, that we can help and be helped. Um, in, in Romans 12, we read, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And this is another thing that we can do for one another, is we can carry hope on behalf of each other. And that's what we heard about these life group stories, that people had started to share life to the point where their prayers could help someone get through. They could borrow hope. Um, and that's why we make space to pray in our groups. It's why we make space to pray here as well. Um, Okay, I need to come into land. I'll just throw this in quickly. Uh, another way that it just we can we can be present in people's lives is just by getting alongside. And there's uh, in Romans twelve fifteen it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn." And um, today, after the service, we're going down to the beach to have baptisms at one o'clock, which is going to be awesome. And that's us rejoicing. Together, it's like that's as much part of community as um, all of this other stuff we're talking about. Um, but there's other times where the most helpful thing we can do is just to be with people, to be present, and to mourn with those who mourn. Okay. This, this whole topic is, is massive. You know, we, we're going to spend our lives working out what it means to, to live like this. Um, but I want to end with this, that all of this is possible it's only possible for us as followers of Jesus because God has chosen to love us first. That's our connection. Our, our connection here isn't because we like the same music or because we um, are, have the same education or the same background or even the same accent. Our connection here, the thing that we have in common is Jesus. And he is, he is the one, when the church is described as the body of Christ, it's because he is the one that we are bonded together through. What that means is when we come together like this, we're not all the same. We, we come from lots of different places, and, it, and, and I love that about the church. But let's not lose focus that Jesus is the one at the center of all of this. So let's be people who pursue this thing of real community. Let's be people who are intentional about sharing our lives with others. Let's choose to help others and be helped. 
and let's choose to be real and vulnerable in the spaces where we can. That's the sort of life that I get excited about. That's the sort of church that I want to be part of. I want to um, just finish by reading you uh, a quote from J.I. Packer, who's a theologian, and he, he wrote in this book, Knowing God. He says this, What matters supremely, therefore, is not the fact that I know God, but the larger fact which underlies it, the fact that He knows me. I'm never out of His mind. All my knowledge of Him depends on His sustained initiative in knowing me. I know Him because He first knew me, and He continues to know me. He knows me as a friend, one who loves me, and there is no moment when his eye is off me or his attention distracted from me, and no moment, therefore, when his care falters. Community will never be a, a stand-in for the love of God. That's, that's our base foundation, and that's where I wanted to finish on today. So would you stand with me? And I would love to pray for us. And would you just open your hearts to, to God and um, His Spirit and what He might be wanting to say to you this morning? God, I thank you that you know us, that you've chosen to know us first. You know us inside and out. And, and despite all of that, God, you love us wholeheartedly, unreservedly. Thank you, God. And we pray that we could find a way by your spirit to, to be a representation of your love here uh, in a way that actively reaches out, a, a love that's so compelling that people are drawn to it, Lord. Would you, by your spirit, nudge us as individuals to take the, the next step towards you and towards real community? And together, Lord, may we, uh, may we grow in this so that we're known for our love more than anything a love that comes from you. God, I pray a blessing on everyone here today. And as we leave from this place, um, God, give us the tools and the, the words and the nudges to, to live faithfully to you every day. Amen. Amen.